Uh, good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are very excited to have you with us. It has been a couple of weeks since I've been here, and uh, it's always it's always fun to take a break. Um, but I got to tell you, when I've been off for two weeks, it's always scary for me coming back. Uh, I get very nervous. I sat down on a stool in the first service, which I've never done. Um, I, I was very nervous. My hands were shaking. I got up here, and that's just not like me because I've been called uh, many things. Confident usually is one of those things. Um, and so when I get up here and I feel that way, something's going on. And I think it has to do with our topic today. But we'll get into that in just a moment. We have started last week, uh, Summer at the Movies, our annual trip to Hollywood to see what the crazy people out there on the West Coast are doing and to see how God is using them even though they don't know it. I love that. Uh, God places these things inside some movies that I'm sure Hollywood directors never thought of, um, that they emulate the greatest story ever told. But in all honesty, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, throw in a lot of what God has to say in your movies because it is worthwhile. So we are this year taking a trip down, uh, down comedy lane. We're going down through some classic comedies and some, uh, that are more recent last week, our intern Daniel, uh, brought office space, which I was uh, very surprised. I heard he did a wonderful job. I wasn't here. Um, I wasn't surprised he did a wonderful job. Sorry, Daniel. Um, I was surprised that he was able to find clips, uh, basically that we could use. Uh, how many of you have seen office space? Yeah, it's a pretty funny movie, though. <laughs> How many of you have seen The Princess Bride, the movie we're doing today? Okay, I'll be talking to them uh, since y'all have all seen it uh, today. What, what have y'all been doing over the last you know, 20 years since this movie's been out, really? This is one of the greatest movies in my mind's eye of all times. It's right up there with uh, It's a Wonderful Life, The Princess Bride. You know, it's right, right up there side by side. This is one of the funniest movies. Now, I say that knowing that some of you who have seen it might not feel the same way. You're wrong, but you might not feel the same way. And some of you might have heard of it, The Princess Bride, and I saw the poster. It looks like a love story. Well, it is a love story. That's right. I love a love story. Who doesn't like a good love story, right? If you remember the movie, at the very beginning of the movie, Fred Savage, uh, it's a modern-day little tale, and Fred Savage is in bed. He's sick. He's playing a little baseball on his Nintendo. And, uh, boy, the graphics were great on those Nintendos. But he's sick and his grandfather's coming over. And his grandfather's coming over to read him a book. The Princess Bride is the name of that book. And, and he goes into it and Fred's like, oh, no, this is a love story. There's kissing. Oh, I don't want any kissing stuff. And his grandfather's like, wait, wait, wait. This is much more than a love story. There's pirates there's sword fights, there's giants, there's a midget, there's an albino, there's all kinds of cool stuff going on in this. And for my money, there are some of the most quotable lines from any movie ever. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you probably remember a lot of the lines. This morning as we were running, we do a rehearsal before the 9.30, a full run through. And uh, we turned the clip on for The Princess Bride and there was no audio. Um, it was just the video. And... We're like, oh no, you know, because it's like 8.50 at that time or something like that. We don't have much time to redo the whole DVD to burn one and everything. And, and I was thinking, I think Daryl and I could get up here really. We could run the video and we could word for word get every line in this clip. 
Um, it's one of those movies that you've seen three or four times and you know it. I mean, some of the great, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Right? You know that? I mean, he says it all the time. Stop saying that. You know, the guy with six fingers, remember, is the evil guy that he's after. And I remember, I, I want to explain something to you. No, 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 there's too much. Let me sum up. There are just some great, great lines from this movie. It is one of those movies that sticks with you. And the reason that I chose it, one, is because it's one of my favorite movies and I get to, you know, choose stuff around here. But two, I think what it has to say is very important to us today in this society at this time. I think it is so important, a lesson that I just couldn't pass it up. And what I want you to do right now is to turn to your neighbor, somebody next to you, somewhere around you. And I want you, this is going to be a time to brag about yourself. I want you to take just a few moments to turn to somebody next to you and tell them how awesome you are at something. Tell them about uh, one of your strengths, the thing that you think is the greatest thing about you. If you're sitting next to your spouse, uh, tell someone else because they're not going to buy it. But (laughs) tell somebody um, your greatest strength. Take a few minutes to do that. I bet if I stood up here for another 10 minutes, you'd still be talking. Any good stories out there? Any, uh, just kidding, I don't want to hear all the lies you've been spouting. You know, it's very funny. You know, I've asked you to talk about certain things before, and it never gets so loud and involved. Usually I'm like, uh, say something to your neighbor, and it's real quiet, and you're real quick, and then you're staring at me again. And you take like 10 seconds. This time, I could have waited. And y'all would have gone on and on and on. I was watching a movie the other day, another Actually, it's a horrible movie called Loser. Anybody seen Loser? <laughs> of course, Daryl, our worship leader, has because, you know, and, you know, yes, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's a, I don't recommend it as a stupid movie. But the kid's going off to college, and he's, like, nervous because he's, he's from a Midwest town. He's going to New York City, the big city, to college. And he goes, Dad, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to fit in. He, his dad says, son, Dan Aykroyd's the dad, says, son, everybody has a story, and they love to tell it. All you have to do is act interested and they'll be your friend was his advice. doesn't turn out that way, but because he was a loser, it's the title. Uh, you know, that's true. Really? We love to talk about ourselves. We do. We love to talk about our strengths. We don't want to say, you know, when I say turn to somebody and tell them about yourself, well, you know, I'm really horrible at this and this is going bad and this is horrible and that's horrible. And you're not going to say that. I say, turn to somebody and tell them about yourself. Instinctively, you're going to, Hit the highlights. You're going to go for the good stuff. Now, I did say talk about your strengths, but if I didn't, I bet you would have hit the highlights, the good things, the things you're proud of, the things that are important to you. Because that's what we instinctively do. We go to that strong stuff in our life. We go to that strength in our life. We go to that thing that we think makes us special. And quite honestly, even though we don't like to admit it, we think, it makes us more special than you. Interesting how humanity works. We take our strengths and we put so much importance on them. We become prideful about them. And this clip right here is between the dread pirate Roberts or Wesley and Vicini. Let's watch this clip right here. So, it is down to you, and it is down to me. 
If you wish you're dead, by all means, keep moving forward. Let me explain. There's nothing to explain. You're trying to kidnap what I've rightfully stolen. Perhaps an arrangement can be reached? There will be no arrangement, and you're killing her. Well, if there can be no arrangement, then we are at an impasse. I'm afraid so. I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my brains. You're that smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. Really? In that case, I challenge you to a battle of wits. For the princess? To the death? I accept. Good. Then pour the wine. Inhale this, but do not touch. I smell nothing. What you do not smell is called iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Where's the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them, as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard, which means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I... I've sworn I saw something. I thought, no matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my glass and you from yours. Ha, <laughs> ha, 
guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> I love that. Never go in against a Sicilian. What is it that killed the city? Iocane powder, sure. But really, it's his pride. It was his pride that he was a much smarter person than Wesley. And that no matter what Wesley threw at him, he would be able to outwit him. It was his pride that killed him. And I was going to look up pride in my theological dictionary that I have upstairs in my office, but I don't really understand my theological dictionary all the time when I open it up, quite frankly. And then I was going to look it up in Webster's, but, you know, it kind of bores me to open up a dictionary. I'm sure if I did, you know, dust would come out of it. And so basically what, what I do is I kind of come up with my own definitions, uh, you know, words according to Crocker. And so pride in my mind's eye, what I believe pride is, is it's when we begin to take on attributes of God on ourselves. It's when we begin to put on ourselves what we should be placing upon God. It's when we begin to think of ourselves in a way that we should be thinking of God. In whatever area of life it is, we begin to think that in that particular area, we are God. It's when we take our eyes off of him and place them on ourselves because we think that's what we should be doing. That's pride. It's something that is so rampant in our society, believing that we can do it ourselves. If you go into any bookstore, they'll have a self-help section. You can walk down and they just have hundreds of books on self-help. Three steps to this, seven steps to this, seven steps to that. It's usually a lot of seven-step processes, I guess, because three steps would be a shorter book and they couldn't sell as many, maybe. Seven sounds better. But all these books will teach you how to be a better person. They'll teach you how to achieve whatever you want. If you just do these things, you can do this. If you just follow these certain steps, you can become a better business person. If you just follow these certain steps, you can become a better public speaker. If you follow these certain steps, you can become a better spouse. If these steps, you can become this, you can become that. These books are telling you that you have everything you need to be what you need to be. They're placing the importance on yourself. And while there's truth in that, it's missing something huge. They're missing God. If you put too much importance on yourself, you leave God out. And things aren't going to go well. God doesn't like pride. Not one bit. He doesn't like when we turn our eyes away from him and look to ourselves and think that we have all the answers, that we have all the strength. In Psalm 102, uh, verse 23, David says, In the course of my life, God broke my strength. When I first came across that verse, it kind of shook me a little bit. 
In the course of my life, God broke my strength. I have this whiteboard in my office, kind of like Tim Russert during political season. He does all these calculations and stuff and then I'll erase them. I have a huge whiteboard in my office and and, uh, I put stuff up there all the time, different things, either sermon titles or a series that we're doing or uh, Daryl will come in and leave his little artistic visions of stuff on there that I erase as soon as he leaves. Um, Different thoughts that cross my mind, ideas that I might have for something in the future. And a lot of times I'll put verses that I'm thinking about. If I come across something that kind of stumps me, that, that I look at and I'm like, well, I don't exactly, I can't get this right now. I'll put it on the whiteboard. And from time to time throughout the day, I'll look up there and I'll think about it. When I came across this ver- verse in the course of my life, God broke my strength. I put it up there immediately because I didn't get it. I don't know if you've ever done that. You're reading through the Bible and you come across something that you have no idea what God's talking about. Don't worry if you do, it's okay. I do it all the time. And so I write up there, in the course of my life, God broke my strength. And I sat about the next few weeks trying to figure out what the heck that meant. Because in, in my eye, I was, I was looking at it going, okay, God's given me the strength that I have. So why is he wanting to break me of them? In my estimation, if you ask me, Michael, what are your strengths? I will tell you that one of them is public speaking. You may not agree with me, but you have to listen to me right now. I think public speaking is one of my strengths. And so I think about it. In the course of my life, God broke my strength. All right, God, you've called me to be a pastor. You've called me to be a preacher to this particular group of people. You've given me the strength, this gift of public speaking to get up here and not be embarrassed, not be nervous, not just get up here and let flow with your words. You've given me, you've given me the strength. Why do you want to break me? Why are you trying to break me of something that I believe you've given me for a reason? I think the answer is because from time to time, I think I'm a good speaker because I'm a good speaker. I think I'm a good speaker because I'm part Irish. We have that ability just to talk about anything for hours, true or not. I think I'm a good speaker because of something I've read, because I listen to other preachers and pick up on certain things that they do and I study the technique. I think I'm a good speaker sometimes because of what I do. And that's where I get in trouble. That's when I start to falter as a speaker. Look, I get up here all the time. You know, I, I preach almost on a weekly basis, usually up until the last couple of months I do. And, and there are times when I feel like I walk off the stage and I'm like out of the park. That rocked. That was awesome. I walk off the stage and I'm walking, you know, I got a little strut in my step. Whoo, what's up on the preach? And there are other days when I walk off and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that that I just laid on the stage? That was just the stinkiest egg ever. I can't believe people didn't get up and walk out. I can't believe people stayed awake. That was horrible. And I beat myself up. More often than not, it's the latter that I get off there going, man, that was bad. I just did it at 9.30. I walked off thinking, 
Man, that was bad. In the course of my life, God broke my strength. He continually reminds me that it's not about me. He continually reminds me that the only reason that I have the gift to get in front of people is because of him. That I need to shine all glory on him. That I only have any strength in my life because of him. Anything I am good at is because of him. Anything I am strong at is because of him. God will continually break me when I believe that I'm more powerful than I am to remind me that it's all about him. Because on those days when I get off the stage and I think that I just did a horrible job, every time somebody comes up to me and says, Michael, that was amazing. And I remember, not about you. It's not about what I can do. It's what God is doing through me. And a lot of times when I walk off the stage going, that was pretty good. Nobody says a word to me. Interesting how that works. In the course of my life, God broke my strength. It's something really scary to think about. God coming into your life and breaking you. But there's a reason. There's a reason. It's to show you his strength. It's to remind you that the strength you have is from him. And it's to show others that very same strength. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah has a prayer of praise that goes like this. My heart rejoices in the Lord. Oh, how the Lord has blessed me. Now I have an answer for my enemies as I delight in your deliverance. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Those are the words that come to me when God breaks my strength. There's no one like you, God. There's no one as strong as you. There's no one as mighty and as powerful. There's no rock like my God. And she goes on and she has words against pridefulness. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. The Lord is a God who knows your deeds and he will judge you for what you have done. Those who were mighty are mighty no more. And those who are weak are now strong. God loves the people that, that put others before themselves. God loves those people that have not a prideful bone in their body that walk around and say, you know what? God has given me everything. Praise God for all that I have, for all that I am, for all that I can do. Praise God. When people come up to me sometimes and say, Michael, that was a great sermon. I feel really awkward when they say that to me, that was a great sermon, Michael. I'm like, thank you. I I don't know what to say. Sometimes I'm like, "Ah, it was all right. Sometimes I'm self-deprecating. No, it wasn't that good. When really every time what I should be doing is praise God that you were reached today. Praise God that something that was said through me got to you that today you decided to get out of bed to come to church and to hear a message from God. Because in truth, that's really what's happening. In truth, really, in all honesty, what happens when I get up here is I just kind of open my mouth and hopefully God is coming through. There's a Holy Spirit shield 
right here that no matter what I say, he filters it so that it reaches you in the way that you need to be reached. It's at those times when I remember that it's not about me, that the strength that I have is not my own, that it's God, that that filter is just flowing forth the words of the spirit. In the course of my life, God broke my strength. You know, it kind of reminds me of what John the Baptist said when he was talking to his disciples about following Jesus. He said, the thing that I must do is become less. And he must become more. That's the Crocker translation. I must become less. He must become greater. There has to be less of me in my life and more of God in my life. So that when people look at me, they don't see me. They see Jesus Christ. So that when people look at me, they don't see my faults and my weaknesses. They don't even see my strengths. They see God. If you have a prideful heart, if you have a prideful spirit, if you believe that you are doing everything on your own, people aren't going to see that. People are going to see what Hannah says, the haughty, the arrogant. And what will happen to those people? The mighty are mighty no more. God will bring them down. In the Catholic Church, pride is considered one of the seven deadly sins. Has anyone ever seen the movie Seven? Freaky movie. I don't recommend it if you haven't seen it. It leaves like this, ugh, inside of you. It was on the other day. That's why I thought of it. And I was like, I was in a place where it was on, but I wasn't watching it, but I kept being drawn to it. And I didn't want to because I knew it was coming up. It was really kind of evil, that movie is. Um, but I, I love Morgan Freeman. He's a great guy, though, really. Pride is one of those sins. Pride is one of those things that can take hold of your life and your soul, that it begin to eat away at who you are and to pull you away little by little from your heavenly father. Little by little, you begin to think that you're a little stronger. You achieve something on your own and you begin to think, I got this down. I know what I'm doing now. So you go on a little bit more and you achieve something else and you achieve something else. And before you know it, you're thinking, I'm the bomb. Who needs the guy over there? But in the course of my life, God broke my strength. Here's the painful thing about that. Those words are true for every one of us. For every one of us. In the course of our lives, God will break our strength. It's something that's not so pleasant to hear all the time. In the course of my life, God brought me to my knees. God body slammed me on the ground. Said, who's your daddy? That's how God speaks to me. In the course of my life, God broke my strength so that I might know him greater so that I might be more dependent upon him so that I might give glory to him so that when people look at me and no longer see me, they see him. What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you shared with someone out here 
or maybe you hold deep inside of yourselves. What is the battle of wits that's going on in your life? It's time to break free from that and hold strong to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you're a God of love, that you're a God of peace and direction and guidance, that you're a God who loves us so much you want us to depend on you. Because when we do, Father, when we do that and when we see your face, the joy that abounds in our life is immeasurable. Lord, I know that in each of our lives there comes a time when you have to speak those words into it, when you have to break our strength. I pray that those, those moments would be gentle and that we would quickly realize that we have fallen from your path and taken up our own. Help us to remember that when we do that, that when we believe that we can do it on our own, we forget the sacrifice that you have made for us. Help us to find our strength in you, the Father, the Creator, the Almighty. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen.